You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Kenny Pickett played his best game as an NFL quarterback against the Colts. Let's start with Pickett. Everybody else in town is. Why should we be no different? I want to talk some Kenny. He looked sure. good. I don't want to say great. I don't want to say he had this elite performance because to me, when you're elite, you're going for 300 plus. You're going for two tutties at least. At least. Something he has yet to do. Yet to have multiple touches through the air. Through the air right. he has yet to do that right. in a game. But he was so solid, and I think that was the first time we've really seen him be solid. And I would even go a little bit above solid because he made some nice plays with his arm. And I think the biggest thing that he's improving upon, ever since Matt Williamson really pointed out after the Saints Mm. game, him dropping his eyes, not feeling the pressure, but actually looking for the pressure and not scanning downfield and manipulating the pocket, Ever since that Saints game, and I'm sure if Matt Williamson noticed he was doing it, Others Mike Sullivan were, noticed yeah. he was doing it, Matt Canada noticed he was doing it, Mike Tomlin noticed he was doing it, and the coaching staff probably made it an emphasis to keep those eyes downfield. You have to feel the pocket. You have to feel the pressure. You can't drop your eyes and look at your pass rush every single time. It's not sustainable. It's not how you play quarterback in the NFL. Past two games, and especially against Indy, you see big-time throws where he works up in the pocket, he moves to the side of the pocket, but the entire time that he's manipulating that pocket, his eyes are downfield scanning for mm. receivers, improvising, scanning for open receivers, and a lot of times hitting open receivers. I mean, the big first down conversion that he had where he threw the ball low to Pickens over the middle yep. and Pickens went down and got it. The bullet, probably the best throw of the he game. Had to scan, yeah. He had to slide to his left out of that pocket. Mm-hmm. He had to feel pressure maneuver himself to get to a spot where he could make a throw, did it successfully all while keeping his eyes downfield and seeing Pickens develop open. So that was just one example off the top of my head. But there's a list of them in that Colts game where he made big-time NFL throws while looking like a big-time NFL quarterback in that pocket. Sure did, Tom. And I would say even though, again, he threw for less than 200 yards, he didn't throw for a single touchdown, you could say this was – Probably the best passing day of his young career so far, just in terms of leading the team, right? And not just on his own, but guiding the offense. I mean, we we could talk a little bit later about the 150 yards rushing by the team in total, 
uh, something that was completely unexpected once you saw Najee Harris go down early in that first half. But his composure, Tom, is really... And, like, some people want to say, well, it's not fair or it's not right to measure a quarterback based off of non-quarterback statistics such as composure or leadership or or ability to win because you can't really measure those things, so how can you really dictate who's good at it and who's not? But he really did look calm. I mean, there were moments in the game that were frustrating. There was the Deontay Johnson drop. There was the – there was the – I almost said Chase Claypool. Huh. There was the – George there. Right. There was the George Pickens drop where had he – in the corner of the end zone, maybe had he gone for that ball with two hands instead of one, he could have come down with it. So, I will say yes – on what you said with Pickens, but I would put, let's play the blame game, baby. I'd put more blame on that throw on Pickett. He was open. He needed to hit that. He throw. was open, but I There's do think George throw- Pickens yeah. that is capable of making certain catches, and that wasn't the only time where I saw George Pickens kind of go for a ball with only one hand when he could have easily probably had it with two. Just yeah, that's been on happening his, all year. On his ca- on, g- given his catching ability, I think that he's he's – he thinks he can do it with one, and he's done it with one multiple times. But in that certain scenario, if you're in the corner of the end zone and you're open, you got I mean, luckily the Steelers eventually just ran the ball in with Benny Snell a couple of plays later, if not the very next play. But you got to you gotta make that catch. And so I think, I mean, finishing, tw- what was it, 20 of 28, something like that? 20 of 27, I believe. Yeah, 20. Around that number. Super high completion percentage, really good QBR overall. Best because QBR they were, he's had so far. Well, and let's continue this trend, Tom. Now we're three games in a row with no turnovers. And that's the thing that he's clearly placed an emphasis on after the bye week, after the reset point. He threw a lot of interceptions in his first four games in the NFL, and you can really look at that Jets game in particular, I think, and say he cost as much as he did good in that second half to help spark that offense, scoring two rushing touchdowns and getting them a lead in that game by 10 points. He also was detrimental with the picks that he threw late in that mm-hmm. game. And of course, you saw him throw picks in every game, I think, before the bye week. Goes into the bye week, knows he can't turn the ball over. That's, you know, A1, what I need to improve right now. And he's done that so far. He has had no turnovers. But on top of having no turnovers, it's not like he's just getting good ball luck. Like he's getting lucky right. and he's they're dropping picks. They're interceptable not, balls. No, there's no play, especially in this Colts game. And Charlie Batch was talking about this on the postgame show on, on Monday morning, or excuse me, Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning. That, you know, he just doesn't have any passes that you look at in this game and go, ooh, that was sketchy, or ooh, that was a little too tight of a window. Now, on the other hand, he's also putting the ball into tight windows, mm-hmm. though, where you can't say, oh, well, he doesn't throw any interceptions because he's not taking many risks. I think partially that's true. He doesn't take as many risks as maybe he will once he's more comfortable and entering his prime in this league. But the pass to Pickens that we referenced at the beginning of this game tight window, had to put it where only his receiver could get it. Two-point conversion to Pickens, had to put it where oh, only his receiver could was. get it. I mean, he's yeah. good at putting balls where only his receiver get it. And then the Pickens catch, the toe tapper. Yes. First of all, Troy Aikman saying, I don't think Kenny Pickett <laughs> meant to throw that there, but it ended up being a heck of a pass anyway. How do you know that, first of all, to say, well, that was an accidental good pass? 
BS. That was just a really good pass. And an- on another both ball ends, put where only yeah, Pickens could grab it. On both it. ends, because Pickens, the way he can contort his body and still get two toes down or, or two feet down, as his body is is essentially begging him to fall out of bounds. And he They'll still only gets it put in. him as an area code player, and I like that description. Just yeah. put this thing anywhere in his area code, and he'll come That's kind of what I meant about, and again, Pickett could have thrown a little more tight of a ball uh, instead of lobbing it toward that corner, but I think George Pickens can make that catch in the corner of the end zone if he just uses two hands rather than go for it with one. Yeah, and I do wonder if that's becoming a reflex for him to jump up with the one hand and try to make that make the splash play. Not on purpose. No, just like a you know muscle memory kind of thing where I always just do this in warmups. But okay, maybe I'll go fifty fifty blame on the Pickens drop touchdown. Then I was gonna put it all on Kenny for not having a good pass, but I think you've talked me into Pickens maybe making a little bit a better effort on that ball. Deontay needed to come down with that touchdown in the end zone because that did. was a great pass. Another pass where mm-hmm. it's in coverage, but it's one-on-one, and he puts it where only you can get your hands on it. And yet a defender was all over him and made a good play. But listen, I'm not being harsh here when I say this. You pay him $18 million a year. You gave him a second contract when you're a franchise notorious for being stingy with second receiver contracts to come down with balls like that, mm-hmm. to make plays like that in the end zone. So with Deontay, it was encouraging to see him get involved early. That tells me that the Steelers themselves think we need to get this guy more involved and we need to center game plans more around him. So force-feeding him early, getting him into the game early, I think was a great move from the offense. Mm-hmm. I think if he comes down with that touchdown, that's the confidence boost that he really needed Absolutely. And, you know, he gets to stand up, he gets to do his little Deontay celebration, I mean, he gets in, a big catch, and he gets on the board for the first time this year. On the first drive alone, Tom, we thought that he was going to have that breakout game. Because on that first drive alone, he had, what, two catchers or three catchers? Two for, catches. He was for, the most targeted player in the game with eight targets. Which is exactly what you want him to be. I understand George Pickens is the up-and-comer. He's the guy who will probably lead out that group of receivers eventually. But for right now, you want it to be Deontay getting that ball, or at least being the guy that Kenny can rely on the most to have the most targets at the end of the day. The archetype, I think, for the big three in the pass-catching game is Pickens is the the star, mm-hmm. the, the deep threat home run hitter. Pat's your tight, like, I was just going to say Pat's your tight end. Uh, duh, obviously he's your <laughs> tight end. But seriously, he's like that prototypical yeah, Kelsey yeah, right. Andrews. Over the middle of the field, short. Baby Kelsey minute, yeah. Andrews. Let's right. say he's in development Well, as far maybe as that. for this season, average Kelsey, or average Andrews, because Mark Andrews isn't having the best season. Deontay's got to carve out that role, though, for him. Right. I kind of view him, let me throw a little guy out there for you. Not, a little guy? He kind of is a little guy, actually. He's not the tallest, but, I mean, he would kick my ass up <laughs> in the street if he saw me. Could he be Keenan Allen? Maybe Keenan Allen. You're saying Deontay? Yeah, get in, work in the dirty areas, work in the slot. You know, all of a sudden you look up and you have ten catches for 115 yards. You know, get your yardage, get your catches on aggregate, mm-hmm. like build it up slowly throughout the game. Now, I don't think he'll be as good as Keenan Allen, and I know he won't have as good of hands as Keenan Allen because he's got some of the best mitts in the league. But I kind of view him as being that kind of guy. Because you kind of got your Mike Williams and George Pickens. You know, you got your home run hitter, and I think Pickens is going to be better than Williams. Uh, You got your tight end. You got your safety blanket. Can you get your guy that's going to death by a million paper cuts, Mm -hmm. give people 
give defensive coordinators nightmares, have linebackers and safeties pull their hair out because they end up on mismatches with Deontay Johnson all the time, like we've seen Keenan Allen do against us. I mean, I'll say even, I, I think a more reasonable comparison is Michael Pittman of the Colts, right? Because that's what he is on that team. And these two guys came out in the same draft class, or if not a year apart from each other, and Michael Pittman is is most certainly the the number one guy. I know Keenan Allen is an easier comparison to make, just because that's what you want Deontay to strive to be. Yeah, and that's un. You know how I always get on people for saying, "Oh, don't say Kenny's the next right. Peyton." That that's kind of unfair to Deontay too. But, but I is just it because see the similar Allen, style? I think Keenan Allen is a fair comparison, and I might retract my own because I think Keenan Allen production numbers are obtainable by Deontay Johnson. You're not saying. Go out there and be the Wes Welker or go out there and be the Marvin Harrison. You're not saying be these all-time greats. But accumulate yardage yeah. through a lot of pass catches. Yeah. I mean, Allen catches what? Like, when he's healthy, he's, what, 10, 11 catches a game almost? Like, mm-hmm. he's always getting targeted. So he's just got to find his role. He's got to carve out his niche on that big three. And I was really happy to see, as I as we pointed out earlier, first drive of the game, two catches. I mean, I'm not saying you have to have five every drive. But to just be involved that early on was really, I think, a huge, not a turning point, but a huge boost of confidence for him and for probably the relationship he has with Kenny. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Well, the identity of the Steelers offensively in the second half of the season has been we're going to run the hell mm-hmm. out of this football. Another successful day on the ground. 36 carries. They rushed more times than they threw again. Don't hate 172 that. yards. 4.8 yards Don't per carry, that. and Benny Snell football was eaten. He was the Zeke Elliott eaten. Yardage, game-winning touchdown for Benny. Uh, it's a testament to his mental fortitude that, you know, he comes in as a, was it a third-round pick, I think? Third or fourth-round pick? Benny? Yeah, I somewhere in the middle out of Kentucky, yeah. With a chance to be a starting running back. Sure. I mean, I think when we drafted him, you and I and a lot of people said he could take James Conner's job at the time. He's a talented running back that went to Kentucky, ran against Alabama defenses and Georgia defenses in his career in the SEC, and he never really panned out in the NFL level, and he was very frustrating, carved out a really nice niche on special teams. That's why he gets to stay on the roster. That's why he right. gets a helmet on game days well, because I mean, of that. It's crazy, too. I mean, he's been on the team for that purpose. So long. He's four he had his years first now. carry of the season in this game. And that's what I was getting at with his mental fortitude. Mm-hmm. That guy has been through the ringer and was still ready when they called on number 24 to help with the load once Najee went down, you know. I think that I liked what I saw with Anthony McFarlane when Najee was in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, sprinkle a little Tony Mack in there, who also had some really big games yes. for them. He had a nice mm-hmm. uh, 14-yard run for the Steelers. He was only short by two yards for the longest run of the day. Benny Snell had a 16-yard run, but... Nice change of pace there from Najee, but when Najee goes down, I don't know if McFarland can be that guy, can be that 12, 13 carry guy the rest of the way. So they hand it to Benny Snell, and he was ready from the second they put him in that game. And i got to take my hats off to him because 
it's tough to mentally stay available and to mentally stay ready like that. For sure. For not just a year to for four years this guy has been disappointing in his own mind as far as his career is concerned. Yeah. And now he comes out and has his best game of his NFL career. Ooh, he does. I'm one saying. of them. No, he scored the game winning touchdown. I get that, but I remember do you oh, remember you do? That well, means you win the game. I okay. One I would say one of, if not the Sure, best. he's had a hundred yards before. Yeah. But did it mean anything? I mean I don't. I don't remember. I remember he had. You remember he had in that season opener against the Giants. He had a hundred yards rushing when it was supposed to be uh, James Conner who was the starter of that. Season. Listen, they'll beat the Giants without Benny Snell in that game. Ben was going to win that game no matter what. I don't think they win this game. I don't if think he's not running. You the don't ball think well. they win this game without Benny? Not Snell? Not if he's running the ball like no. he was. I mean, well, I mean, sixty-two yards and twelve carries. Yeah. five point two yards per carry. You're getting a first down every other time he touches. And the as ball. you mentioned, the go-ahead touchdown, which was a great block by Dan Moore. Who had yeah. a rough game again, except for that block. Another one. Great vision and cutback from Benny Snell. I mean, the, it's a veteran the running back. move to the outside. It's a veteran running back right there. It, it, I got really nervous because I think a, a starting running back makes that move. And Benny Snell, as you just kind of laid out, hasn't really been that starter, whether it's for the Steelers or if he played anywhere, really. I don't think he would be a starter. And that's no offense to him. It's just it's really tough to get that starting job. But that was a that was a veteran and and a starting running back cut to the outside to get to that to get to the end zone by him. I was very impressed on that run. And I love that there's four guys that had at least thirty yards in this game. Yeah, uh, I don't know the exact number, but I think Missy Matthews in game pointed out that that was the first time, if not only like the second time in franchise history, this team has done that. Kenny thirty two, McFarland thirty. Both of those guys averaged five yards per carry. 5.2 yards per carry for Benny, like we said, 62 yards. 10 for 35 for Nodge. He had 3.5 yards per carry. He was having a tough go of it, hot, tough sledding, but he was fighting for some tough yardage. Yeah, he really was. He, he looked, scored a he touchdown. He did look good early on. He I'm scored a touchdown. Uh, I think, I mean, obviously these numbers don't happen if Najee Harris gets hurt. Yeah, I think that you don't see Benny Snell get any carries if Najee's. I don't think you get. I don't well. think you see Anthony McFarlane get six. I don't know. They, they were using him as a pretty good change of pace. I, I think that he was going to— I think I think Jalen Warren could have gotten six if Jalen Warren were healthy, but I don't know if Tony Mack gets all six of those. Right? You're you're saying to me, Tom, Najee Harris had ten. Yes. Well, okay, so maybe Tony Mack does get the six because if you combine Tony's and Benny Snell, they combine for 18 carries. So I could see twelve carries going the twelve carries that Benny Snell got going to Najee and maybe Anthony McFarlane getting all six of those. But I think you cap it at six, right? Sure. The identity though is just phenomenal because this mm-hmm. is what we've been asking for all year long is to be a run first team, to be a team that uses the run to set everything else up and help your team win games. And they've been doing that. They are now two and one post the bye week. And in the two games that they've won, they have just run it down the Saints' throat. They have run it down the Colts' throat. So how do you beat teams that are maybe lesser than you roster-wise? I think you keep it on the ground, and you just out-physical them. You know that your guys are better than their guys. You line it up 11-on-11, and you blow them off the ball. And that's what the Steelers did in this game. That's what they did against the Saints. And I mean, even in the I Bengals game, I want to see it continue Tom, moving forward. Tom, want... even in the Bengals game, let's not forget, Najee Harris had the, yeah, the most just... rushing yards of his season. They just had to pass the ball because they were down in that right. game. So I want to see this trend continuing, and 
Atlanta is one of the worst defenses in football. They don't do much well. I guess you could say their best trait is stopping the run, but they're still 21st in the league at stopping the run. Want to see that trend continue for the Steelers on offense. And I know that we're up in the air on Najee's status right now, but the good news is Jalen Warren practiced yesterday. Mm-hmm. Looks like he's going to be back in the fold. So even if Nodge can't go, you're going to have a trio of Snell, who just had his best game, in my opinion. You're going to have Warren back as your lead dog, and you'll still have Tony Mack getting the helmet because yeah. Najee's out. So even if 22's down... I still look forward to seeing another really productive day on the ground and a day on the ground that outpaces the day in the air that the Steelers have offensively. Yeah, I I really would not hate that either. Um, I think if Najee Harris is healthy, that's best case scenario, of course. But it's not really, and again, it has a lot to do with the opponent. It does not worry me. I don't think it's a game changer if Najee Harris doesn't play against Atlanta. Yeah, we'll get to Atlanta a little bit later in the week when we do our Friday episode, but I'm very confident in this game against the Falcons. I know the Falcons are 5-7. They're half a game back of a playoff spot, so they have more to play for than the Steelers. It's at home. Steelers are coming off of a short week, all that stuff. But I think the Steelers match up really well against the Falcons. I think that on paper they're the better team in every area except for kick return. That scares me. Well, that's, me. I don't know maybe the best who's in the better than Atlanta in kick return. And who's worse in coverage right now than the Steelers. Right, well. So that's like the worst team you want to meet right now. Sure, but it's not like you're going up against, I mean, it's just the best team, that do, it, they have the best player. It's, Ever maybe to do it. He has the record. For well, he has the record. Touchdowns. I don't know if he's the best overall return. Dante maybe. Hall, Devin Hester, he's in there. He's, Cordell Patterson's right, he's right in that conversation with those big dogs. Yeah, I think you have to, He's in a tier below, but he's in that conversation for sure. Tier below? A tier he's below Hester record. and Dion. Hester and Dion, I think. Why didn't Dion and Hester get more touchdowns than know. him then? Well, I think they have more overall touchdowns. Okay, we're talking kick return. That's fair. I just think that, yeah, it's it's just a bad matchup, especially when you have that 89-yard kick return to open up the second half by the Colts so fresh in your memory. And you're probably going to I'm I'm gonna guess Danny Smith is gonna have a lot to say this week. I have no idea how to judge the defense against this Colts game because they only gave up seventeen points. A lot of that was aided by that eighty nine uh, yard, yard kickoff return, return to start yep. the second half. You know, gave him a short field to get back in the game, gave him a lot of momentum. But they only gave up seventeen points total. Um they didn't really get gashed by Matt Ryan through the year. He only had 199 yards passing, a touchdown and an interception. Taylor had a good day, 20 carries for 86 yards. But but 86 yards. His long was 13, and, you know, they just stopped running the ball with him late in that game. And I'll say this too, Tom, three sacks. I mean, that's something we haven't seen in a while. Yeah, but that's the point where I was going with. Three sacks, but you kind of thought that you should have gotten more. You could have gotten and Ryan more. Ryan was getting harassed a lot that yeah. game. They had eight quarterback, or excuse me, Yeah, eight quarterback hits for the Steelers' defense. So, I mean, they were all over him in that game, and he's so good at getting the ball out of there to avoid a sack. And and if that Colts offensive lineman isn't in the vicinity, Alex Highsmith is putting the Steelers in prime position to make the score even more lopsided on that strip sack he had on Matt Ryan. That Matt Ryan did not see from coming from a thousand miles away. No, and the Steelers able to force two big turnovers in this game, too, with the Pierre interception and then Wormley jumping on the fumble that was caused. So we we said you got to turn the Colts over. They throw right. a lot of turnovers. you got to get at least a couple, and they did that. 
And you're right, three sacks is better than what we've seen, but it still kind of just left you wanting a little bit more on that defensive side of the ball. Especially what you brought up that Chris Wormley fumble. That was just a, a poor mishandled handoff by Matt Ryan. They're going to give you those opportunities. They're going to make mistakes on their end, and it was up to you to, to capitalize. And we've talked about how their offensive line isn't nearly up to par of what it's been in the past. And, yeah, so even though you got three sacks, you're feeling good about it. T.J. Watt wasn't really involved in that. In terms of statistical numbers, he wasn't involved. We know he can get pressure, but he didn't come away with a sack. It was only Millette, Edmonds, and Highsmith. Kind of weird to think that of your three sacks, only one of them came from your front seven guys and two of them came from your secondary members. But they are gonna they were going to give you opportunities to to give you the ball, right? It wasn't going to be a turnover. It was going to be a takeaway. They would just give it to you. And you really would have preferred to see more sacks or more, even more turnovers for that matter. With that one interception that um, James Pierre made was a great read on his part. Totally jumped that route. But I think there were... There are more opportunities for more turnovers. Yeah, that's the that's the main theme I have from this defense is it played good, but I think it still left a lot to be desired against that team. And I'll say this, Tom, too. I mean, we're talking about the Colts who have four wins on the season. That's only, what, one less than the Falcons do? I don't see the Falcons as being as much better of an offensive, that much better of an offensive team than the Colts. I think if you can handle the Colts. I think similar. You know, they like to run the ball first. That's their main objective. They don't have a quarterback that can think the game like Matt Ryan. But either. they don't, and also, too, Cordero Patterson isn't your. He's not Jonathan Taylor. And it's not even, he's not even their, the team's leading in Russia right now. Is it Algier? It's whatever that, I don't Tyler know how Algier, to pronounce him. Yeah. Isn't he a rookie, I believe? Uh, either that or a second year guy. And we know they're. I mean, not just the Steelers. Not It's not just because you have to now focus all your attention on Atlanta. The league knows how upsetting or disappointing Kyle Pitts' season has been so far. He's a fifth-round pick this year, Algier. Yeah, so he, he is a rookie. But Kyle Pitts, I think of all players he's offensively and defensively, done. probably having the most disappointing season, or if not one of the most they disappointing. They don't use him, though. I mean, they well, don't, it's not. Yeah, I can't. Pass the ball. I don't think it's his fault. No, they pass the ball the fewest of any team in the league. Right. Uh, and he's hurt now anyway. He's on IR. Probably yeah, going to get is. surgery. Probably done for the year. So Steelers don't have to worry about Kyle Pitts. So there's really probably not have to this... worry about him anyway because they so never like, use him. There, there you go. You were kind of concerned that, okay, Jonathan Taylor can't be that big play guy that the Steelers would have to kind of control. And they did a good job of it. As you said, 20 carries for 86 yards. That's pretty good. That's let it, That's forcing him to an average of less than five yards per carry. They don't, I, on, 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 sorry, Minnesota, on Atlanta, where is the splash play guy? No, they're not. They're, Matt and I were talking on the advanced scout last night. They might be the most boring roster in the league. I mean, there's just no it's one. It's just there. offensively no and defensively. That, there's no one yeah. that jumps out at you at all. I'm not worried about TJ Watt. Some people are starting to maybe poke that fire a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I, I may be no, jumping on that train. Just, no, just don't do it. Just He'll because get his. when was the last time it's been a while you saw over a three game span he no gets sacks. one sack? Was well, it one, one sack? Well, he got the one. Didn't he get one? I don't think so because Dalton got past the line of scrimmage. Oh, right. I think so, he has a half a sack. Yeah, maybe that's games. it. So three games and half a sack. Yeah, that's that's a dry spell for him for sure. I'm not going to be shocked if in a week or two he has a three-sack performance and kind of no, balances it out. but that won't make up for going three weeks with half, right? Like, I, I love the numbers. Don't get but me wrong. But the pressure's not there without him, though. Is what right. was why I'm right. not worried because he's okay. not getting his, but others are because of him. 
and that's why I'm not completely worried. Yeah. He's still impacting the game. It's not like people are just single single teaming him and he still can't get to the quarterback, you know? Like they're all the intention and then some is on him and it frees everybody else up. Mm-hmm. And that's a tough cross to bear for a player like for him, sure. you know, because your numbers are going to go down, but you're going to help your team out a lot. So that that really lets you know what kind of player you are as a person, right? Team guy or are you a stats guy? Lots well, of team guy. So uh, I'm sure he's more than okay with a two and one record since his return. Yeah, than that the it's not fifteen sacks this isn't and three like losses. A, you know, we just brought up this name, Deion Sanders, saying why why am I not? Why am I not getting seven interceptions? Yeah, like, I want to win, but only if I am the reason right, why we win. Right, put the team on my back. I don't really, I don't really. It, it won't feel as good if someone else wins the game if it's not me. All right, let's get to our money makers. We're gonna do that okay. in the first segment here because we're gonna talk a little NFL in the last two segments. There, there's some, there's some options I think to go around. There are some options. I'm gonna go offensively with. Oh, mine. I think you're gonna steal my guy. Okay, you can have him. I'll go defense then with my guy. Okay, you're I'm gonna, gonna go, go with Alex Highsmith. I like that. That guy is probably paid that man Sorry, his Dad. money. Oh boy, I'm gonna don't. Make, I, uh, wow, you're gonna end up like Mad Damon. I'll buy you some double stuff later. And Edward Norton Jesus. beat up in some poker hall. That was scary. My heart's racing a little bit. All right, sorry, Teddy. Alex Eisman's got to be our leading moneymaker of the year. Honestly, absolutely, he, he gets it a lot. What a great year from him. I mean. There was some turmoil in the middle there when he had to adjust to being the guy when Watt went but out, still, but I think he, has he did. Double-digit sacks. He has ten sacks on the year. He's climbing up the list as far as forced fumbles are concerned uh, for the defensive side. He has four first forced fumbles on the year so far. This, is this not what we wanted from Highsmith this year, Russell Crowe and Gladiator? Are you not entertained? Mm-hmm. Like we needed Robin to become Nightwing. Wow, that's such a nerdy. I comic have book no reference. idea who that even. When is. Robin grows up, the first Robin, Dick Grayson, he takes on his own alter ego. Doesn't he Nightwing. also become like a villain at some point? That's a different Robin. There's too many like Robins. Red something? We'll have a Robin Batman okay. discussion later off air. But when he becomes Nightwing, he becomes his own hero. He's not a sidekick anymore. Gotcha. Highsmith is kind of doing that a little bit this yeah. year. I still think he benefits a lot from Watt being back, but you got to take that opportunity and run with it. And boy, has he ever. Biggest play for him in this game wasn't his sack, wasn't his forced fumble that the Steelers weren't able to jump on. The tackle for loss on third and one when the Colts were hurrying it up. And Highsmith read it. Great film study from him. He knew it was going to be a run the entire time, and he had them lose a yard. And that ended up with the pass that Minka broke up. Uh Ball over on downs. Steelers ball, Mm -hmm. ball game. So... Alex Highsmith, congrats to you, man. Get in yeah. front of the line and get that paycheck, buddy. He is tied for fifth in the league uh, with 10 sacks, but he's number one in fourth force fumbles, Tom, with four on the season. Uh, I think next up is uh, only Micah Parsons is right behind him with three. He's okay. He's pretty good. Your moneymaker? My moneymaker on offense, I'm going to give it to Benny Snell, and I think this is maybe the one time in his career he'll get that money. Pay that man his money. But it's deserved here. I think it's deserved too. Last night on Chalk Talk, Wolf and Pat Firemuth each give out an Iron Man, and Pat gave his to uh, an Iron Man of the game. Pat gave his to Benny Snell, and I thought it was really great to see someone as involved in the offense as Pat Firemuth is to recognize Benny's contributions in a singular game. Right? It's not to say that oh, well, Pat Pat had that really great catch down the sidelines when right before the Benny Snell touchdown, or essentially to set up that Benny Snell touchdown, and he's been he's the number one target really for Kenny all season long. He's able to recognize that there, 
there are options or there are going to be times when you can have other guys step up. And Mike Tomlin talked about it in that in his press conference yesterday afternoon, too, talking about all the people who stepped up that were called upon for singularly in that game. And Bennington, I think, did the best job of all those guys who were called upon unexpectedly. Subscribe now to the Steeler Standard. Hey, that's our show. Is Every it? episode we do is available for you to download. You can subscribe today through the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you find your podcast. Going to take a little trip around the NFL, a little smushed show today here on a Wednesday because we had the Monday Night Football. So we're going to recap a, the action in the NFL from last week and AFC North. Things are heating up. Things are getting, getting spicy. Tight. Is a team really bad that was supposed to be really good? We'll discuss on the next episode. He's Jacob Recht. I'm Tom Opferman, and you're listening to the Steelers Standard. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.